Welcome to another edition of Moving Abroad. I'm your host, Doug. Today's guest is an expat in Belize named Michelle Sharp. She moved from Canada and actually started a business in Belize. We're going to find out about that and more today. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Well, hello. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. It's exciting that we finally have somebody from Belize because it's been rated a top place to, for expats to go from the United States anyway and other places, I guess, when you talk about the International Living Magazine. It constantly ranks Belize in the top five. Sometimes they've been number one over the last few years. So I'm looking forward to hearing a lot about Belize and your experience over there. A lot of people go visit it too. There's several different places to go. I want to hear some about that because I'm sure you've hit them all. So tell me first, though, you started from Canada. Is that right? What part of Canada were you in? Absolutely, Canada. We uh, basically in the Ontario uh, province and uh, just a little bit outside of Toronto, Ontario. So up in the northern country, a little town called Omimi, believe it or not, hmm. where where Neil Young was born and raised, if you know Neil Young, the uh, oh, yeah. the singer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we, we basically uh, lived there for most of our life. How could I not know Neil Young? Southern man. Yeah. <laughs> you know I know who Neil Young is. Come on now. Yeah, and he plays a concert in Omimi about two months after we left for good. Oh, wow. Did you go to the United States a lot when you were growing up over there? Uh, no, not when I was growing up. I did in my career when I was uh, vice president for a you know a large marketing um, real estate firm. So got to travel all over the U.S. and Canada. It was wonderful. Canada's great. I've been there. I love it. So that's good. So you already had some travel experience. Now you were you grew up in Canada and stayed there most of your adult life. From entire, yes. This is my yeah. first international move. Absolutely. Oh wow. Okay. So when did that take place? When did you decide to go to Belize? Uh, well, I mean, the decision process to move somewhere in the Caribbean started probably ten years ago, um, but we moved uh, full time here in June of 2017. So we're coming up on two years soon. Okay, so you spent eight years researching where you wanted to move. What got that started? Why did you decide, hey, I think I want to move it to the Caribbean? Well, Gus, you know, what's the, what's the top three reasons you moved to anywhere in the Caribbean, but Belize being where we landed? Um, I'd have to say number one is no, insert bad language here, snow. There's there's no snow here. Uh, number two would be English speaking. So in all of our travels, um, my husband and I used to go to somewhere in the Caribbean once or twice a year in the past 10, 12 years. And uh, English speaking was, was really big for us. Um, not that we're old, but hey, we're old farts. I don't want to learn how to speak Spanish <laughs> or, you know, I just want to speak English. So Belize was top for that. And I think number three was definitely the structure of, of real estate pricing here and how we can own our, our own titled land. Uh, we, we can open a business. So the opportunity for, for us to run a business here was just perfect. So Belize was the choice. We did visit, of course, before we made the big move. And uh, quite frankly, we, we fell in love with it after many years of traveling to all-inclusives throughout the Caribbean and, and only venturing out here and there in Belize, you have much better opportunity to live here while you're on vacation, meaning you're not in a resort 
you have a kitchen, you have a barbecue, you, you buy local food. So that flavor and the environment here just, just drew us even closer. So your other trips to the Caribbean were clearly vacations, not for work, and then you decided to check out Belize at some point. What got you to finally check out Belize as, as a place to possibly move to? Well, I mean, looking up English-speaking countries being one of our first criteria, there was only a few of those. And uh, so when we started just basically our online research and reading and communicating with other uh, expats in, in Panama, in Belize, in Costa Rica, of those others are not English-speaking. That's, I think, the biggest thing was just English-speaking. So all the research online led us to, uh, to Belize. And I think the fact that it's a smaller country, I mean, all of the Caribbeans are small, but we just really liked the, the government structure. Now, a lot of people will laugh at my face when I say that, but Honestly, if you follow the government structure, it's, it's new. They're, you know, they're learning as they go. But if you follow it, it, it really is doable. They also use the American dollar, which is nice. Yes. Uh, well, nice for Americans, not so nice for Canadians. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, you get stuck with yeah. that. That's right. Yeah, because mm. we have quite an exchange rate from Canadian to U.S. to then mm-hmm. bringing it over here. So, um, But we knew that going in. It wouldn't have mattered where we went. We knew, you know. Which just gets back to number one. No, insert bad language here, snow. There, there is just no snow over here. If you live in a country or a place where eight months of the year you're, you know, you're bound in parkas mm-hmm. and, and mittens and boots, this is just a pleasure. I understand that. The issue with the snow and weather, that's got to be a big reason some people pick where they go. And Belize is certainly warm and beautiful, so you're in good Absolutely. shape there. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, the other thing that uh, I've read about that people like about moving there is a couple of things. Well, it might not be as true from Canada, you have to tell me, but from the United States, it's easy to get to. The other thing is the to be able to get a residency there, citizenship, is just a breeze. You have to have maybe $2,000 a month of, of guaranteed income coming from some source, and that's Pretty much it. If you got that, you, you, you're on the road to becoming a citizen there if you want. Yeah. Well, there there's some different regulations. I mean, the one you mentioned is what's called the QRP, which is the Qualified Retirement Program. And um, that is where you need to prove a certain amount of income coming into the country. Uh, you then get duty. Uh, you can bring your household items over, a boat, a car, etc., duty-free, which is really nice. Now, recently, the Belize government did just pass the law that those folks on QRP are not allowed to engage in any sort of business activity. So, indeed, when we first did our research, oh, we're going to come on QRP so we can bring our nice truck and a trailer full of, you know, uh, household goods. And we did go through the process. And it, it was, I mean, they basically want everything documented except for your firstborn child, um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, and we did go through that process and it was fairly easy. You just you really do have to read the documents and provide everything. But in the end, we couldn't go that way because we were opening a business, Um, Mm. which is perfectly fine in my realm. It just means that if you're on a QRP, you're really, truly retired. It means you're not going to work here and take jobs away from Belizeans. Uh, You just want to come here, have fun, retire, spend your money at restaurants, etc., now, permanent residency is what we're going through right this moment. So we've got 
oh gosh, a stack. I mean, picture a binder full of copies of everything. So we, we hope to be going back up to the capital here, which is Belmapon, to submit all of those. But there's a lot you have to do prior to doing that if you're going to run a business. Well, and, you mentioned yeah. that they're taking jobs away from Belize folks, but you're really most likely adding jobs for people by doing a business over there. Yeah, we are definitely by opening a business. So, I mean, even just yesterday, we were at um, one of the local labor offices to apply for work permits. Because uh, even though we own our own company here, a limited company, which that, you know, that took some time in doing, but with the right guides, you can do it. The work permit guy, oh, God, he was funny. I don't know if I should say this on online, but we got there and his printer wasn't working. And so he was like, oh, dear, you're going to have to come back tomorrow. And it's getting anywhere here is is a battle. You know, it's 45 mm-hmm. minutes that way or this way. And, you know, I just happened to say, well, good thing you've got Ed Sharp here who used to work at Canon for 25 years. Let him have a look. Well, we <laughs> fixed his printer and uh, all was good in the work permit world. So, yeah. So then after that, we go for residency. And yes, I mean, as long as you do all the pay, you have to live here a year and prove that you've lived here a year full time before you can even apply for Hmm. residency. Yeah. How many times can you leave when you live there for a year, your first year for this program? QRP is, is way different. QRP, you come and go as you wish. You're, you know, you're, you're just a retired person proving income. And uh, But for permanent residency, it's 14 consecutive days in a year. Uh, you're not allowed to leave the country before you, you know, get your permanent residency. And it can take, you know, it can take anywhere from a year to five years for some people to get permanent residency mm-hmm. here. I think it depends on your investment level, your, you know, your paperwork. I mean, good darn thing I'm great with paperwork and a bit OCD. So... You know, I have probably more than they ever need when I arrive. So, yeah, but 14 days. But who needs to go on vacation when you're here? We're on vacation. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So you, this could delay, though. You're, you, are you able, you're not able to open your business then until you're a permanent resident. So it could go for a year to five years before you can even start. Is that right? Well, I mean, the thing that, that with opening a business structure here, uh, which is something that I believe has changed recently, like in the last couple of years, because you'll be on an expat group and they'll say, oh, no, no, it's a piece of cake. Just do this. And it's like, no, it's not. Um, so to open our limited uh, company, our Chapter 250 here, we did have to have a Belizean or a permanent resident partner hmm. uh, to join the, the firm with us to get it opened in the first place. We couldn't do it yet because we are not permanent residency people. But because we wanted to start the building process, of getting it ready, we needed to do that structure. So luckily, you know, I have met many wonderful business people here, and I did. We did. We partnered with another local permanent resident uh, to make things happen, and and it's a bonus because uh, we will work together for a long time. He may not stay in the company in the future. We, you know, we may remove him as a shareholder when we have mm-hmm. permanent residency, but there will always be a connection and a business relationship. Sure. So, yeah. So what is the business exactly? Oh, our company is called Gem Cabanas, um, Gem Limited. J-J-E-M simply means Jessica, Julia, Ed, Michelle. So it's our two daughters and Ed, my husband, and, and my name. It's, <laughs> it's similar to what we had back in Canada because we owned rental properties there um, mm-hmm. where we did 
but it wasn't as fun because you're doing rental properties for just tenants, you know, long-term tenants that have 15,000 cats and, you know, they flush their cell phone down the toilet and they call you. So we had a gem company back there and a gem cabanas here, but all we'll have is vacationers that'll come nice. and stay in our vacation cabanas. Yeah. So there was a need for that there, obviously, because I know there's a ton of places people can stay already. Oh, there's there's so many already. But however, I it doesn't scare me with Ed's background in construction and my background in marketing uh, and real estate. Our cabanas are going to be top notch and. And luckily, I have a great flow of uh, of people from all over the world that already want to stay with us, and we've only got the shelves built. So uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not afraid of a little competition. There's lots of wonderful places to to stay uh, here and uh, up on Ambergris Key. I'm in this. We're in the southern portion of Belize, mm-hmm. which is okay. down in the Placencia area, right. which is different than being up in in uh, Ambergris. San Pedro mm-hmm. area. So mm-hmm. that is so you'll be beachfront, I take it? We are. We're right Something on the like sea that, with yeah. three little cabanas and there'll be a pool mm-hmm. and then our main house. So many good places that people talk about. How how is that the choice for you? Well, I mean the wonderful part about Belize is first of all, it isn't an island. It's mm-hmm. connected to Mexico, so you can actually drive from anywhere in the US, anywhere in Canada, you could drive to right here where I'm sitting, right this moment. Um, hmm. Now we did, we drove to, we were going to drive through Mexico with our move. And mm-hmm. then I chickened out at the last minute because we had a brand new truck and a brand new trailer with, you know, after a, having a 4,000 square foot house put down into a 16 foot trailer. I just didn't, I couldn't lose the fact that I had just a couple items in that trailer that were mine. The rest was all Ed's tools. But anyway, I chickened out the last minute to not drive through Mexico to get here. And so we drove to from Canada to Fort Lauderdale, put our truck and trailer on a ship, and they sent that to Belize City. Aren't there islands though in that in that part of the draw? You got you have to go. Ambergris Key is the area where San Pedro and Cape Cocker and all those places are. Yes, you you do have to either take a boat or fly over. That is a little island, but it's it's a part of Belize as the Belize the country is not an island. Mm-hmm. Uh, Placencia is attached to the mainland, which means we're on a peninsula. We can drive from here all the way home to Canada if we wanted to. Okay. Is that one of the reasons you like that location? or Because or, a lot of people like the uh, key. It's a big deal. Apparently. Yeah, a lot of people love San Pedro and uh, Ambergris Key. We personally, I, I couldn't have – I'm a little bit claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. So to me, San Pedro was just too busy. As much as the real estate prices up there are great, um, the business opportunity is great. May even, you know, maybe would have even been better for what we were doing. I'm not sure. But I couldn't be so claustrophobic. I like the fact of having a truck, like a, an actual truck that I can drive to the grocery store. Whereas in, you know, in San Pedro, you basically, you can't get around unless you're on a golf cart or foot. Golf cart. Yeah. So you don't yeah. like that. Some people do like that. Yeah, not for long-term living. No, I, I mm-hmm. like getting in in a truck with some air conditioning when because it's <laughs> damn hot here in the summer. Uh-huh. I know I'm I'm saying I love this no snow shit, but it is really hot here in the summer. Is it humid or uh, just really hot or both? I don't know. It's it's dreadful. Well, no, it's wonderfully yeah, dreadful. It's uh, it is dripping. <laughs> you know, you go to the grocery store, you come back, and you're mm-hmm. dripping, and you seriously need a nap. So. Mm. 
Yeah. That bad, huh? Someday. Well, I understand in that area, there's actually not as many permanent residence families and stuff there. There's not as much, um, probably as much competition for you there. Am I wrong? Well, there's lots of there's lots of competition. I mean, if if anybody goes on VRBO or whatever, they're going to find lots of great places to stay down here in Placencia. However, like you said, I mean, our population down here, I think there's, I think it's like thirty five hundred. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's certainly not like, you know, the, the Key West of Florida. However, it, it is much like the Key West of Florida when it comes to real estate development and the way it's uh, the way this peninsula is growing. So mm-hmm. anybody looking to get into real estate should, you know, should do it now before all the land is gone. So were your plans always to have a business or were you thinking about retiring and that's why you were looking for another place or were you looking for this for retirement and for business? What made you decide to do the business part of it? The direction this way? Well, you know, when we came here for our first vacation and we met with a um, a great realtor who took us around and gosh, he even took us out on a boat and then it freaking ran out of gas and uh, <laughs> that was a little scary. But anyway, we were here and we actually really thought we were just going to retire but yet I would still work for my Canadian firm from here, which I can because it's a Canadian firm and I, you know, I own it. So that was kind of our initial. But then once we got looking around at real estate and getting to know other people, it's like, wow, why don't we just sell all our rental properties back in Canada and open a vacation cabana business? And so really it was, it was not our first intention until we got here and looked around and saw the opportunity and, realized that, you know, we still have some energy. We're not, um, my husband could never sit still anyway. So gotcha. we had to have something to do. There you go. Now you have something to do. Yeah. Cause he doesn't drink other beer. Than, so, you know, we're good there. Oh. Yeah. Well, there's gotta be other things to do though. in Belize. everybody that's uh, moving over there must be doing something fun because there's a lot of people doing it. What else do you do over there for entertainment besides working on the new business? Uh, there's so much to do and we've met so many wonderful, wonderful people. I never thought I would say this at my age. I'm I'm 51, I think. I actually love going to play bingo at a bar mm. called The Flying Pig. I mean, can you believe that? I'm playing bingo <laughs> at a bar. Is it mostly so, with expats or with locals? Uh, no, there's a good mixture of both at most of those type of events. Now, we do, mm-hmm. the odd time, we'll go down to one of the ocean clubs or one of the other resorts and just use their pool for the day. As long as you, you know, you purchase some beverages and food, mm-hmm. you can do that. And there's all kinds of cute little pubs that, you know, that are opening every day with bands. Uh, Friday night, we were at one that had this fabulous two-man band and just listened to some great rock music and had some adult drinks and uh, just had a great time. So there's lots to do for your regular expat. And there's even a mini golf opening up down the road. I can't believe I ever would want to do that, but Hey, Hey, mini golf's fun. So you were 41 when you started looking at possibly moving to the Caribbean. Were you thinking about retiring at 50, 51, or you were thinking about moving and starting another business? Oh, gosh, right? no. I mean, nah, I can't retire. I've, I mean, I've got a company in Canada that I'm responsible for, you know, and I still work that almost daily okay. from here. So, you know, there's still a lot to do there. Now, of course, after we had built our real estate portfolio back in Canada, we had 11 rental properties. When that, that's, I think, where the thought came where Ed could retire. 
So sell all that we, you know, we could have just sold all of the, the real estate and come here and retired and mm-hmm. lived off that equity. We could have. However, there's always that thought of leaving a legacy for your children. And our girls are two daughters, 25, 27, who are colleged and card and out in the world on their own, which is wonderful, which we help them through. But we just, you know, we have, not that we have to leave them anything. No parent should ever feel that they have to leave their child with, with anything. They've just been some, such a great part of our life and our business growing up that we wanted to leave them a legacy. So opening this business for them for when we're gone in however many years. And we've told them, we don't care. You want to sell it, do so, and do whatever you like, or come, take it over. Mm-hmm. So I think that was one of the bigger reasons. Well, how did they react when you told them you're going to move to another country? Yeah, that, that they kind of knew about for, you know, probably the last 10 years. They expected it. But they have, we've always taught them to follow their dreams, be the best that they can be, and so they were extremely proud of us. They always have been proud of us as we're proud of them. And uh, now our old, oldest daughter has followed that same path and is moving to England in June uh, <laughs> right. to start a new, yeah, to start a new life and open her own freelance company, leaving a great job in Canada. But, you know, you, you just can't wait. You've got to live. Sure. How did she pick yeah. that? Pick England as the place. Well, what do you think, Doug? It's a boy. <laughs> she met a nice fella, and yeah, so. It's not something she researched like you did and decided, I'm going to go to another country. Well, that's still nice. That's awesome. That'll be a good experience, especially, and uh, very educational. And then your, your your other daughter will be still in Canada, I take it. What, what's it going to be like for them to visit you? Is that going to be something y'all can do every holiday and that type of thing, or how is this going to well, change they- that? Yeah, they've both actually already been here twice. Actually, eldest daughter, I think three times now. They love coming here for visits, especially during the winter cold months in Canada. So, but we talk online almost daily. You know, we're we're on Facebook and Skype and I would have to say my parents are the ones that miss us the most uh, mm-hmm. as they're, you know, they're much older. You know, Ed's parents are, are gone, uh, bless their hearts, but my parents are still alive and well, and so they miss us terribly. However, I've, I've, my mom just visited in uh, March for a week and had a great time. So that's probably the hardest part about this move is not seeing your friends and your close family as often. Your parents lived in the same town you did in Canada or same area? Yeah. Yeah, okay. we were about a half an hour uh-huh. away. So, yeah, there was a, there was a lot of interaction there and and of course ed being so handy would go and fix anything that was broke mm-hmm. so yeah so they didn't react as positively as your daughters did i take it no you said, We're gonna no well they're happy <laughs> i mean very proud of us of course <laughs> but yeah. uh yeah missing us terribly but i talk to my mom probably every other day so well do you worry about i mean at some you know at some point it's possible not everybody has to go through it but i sure certainly know plenty of people who do where your you know your parents get to a certain age and they're they really need your help for all kind of different physical and and mental things and you know if they stay till they're around to their ninety ninety five sometimes i mean the way it is in today's the world you know how will you handle that kind of situation if if they really need you to be around a lot well you have brothers I mean, and sisters that can help too yeah i have yeah I have a wonderful sister. And also my, uh, my, my family has an ex- – I have three stepsisters, and, uh, and they, everybody has pulled together so wonderfully through this. 
to, to help them with anything they need. I mean, they're very independent. My dad still drives a car. They're still going out for breakfast every day or sorry, every other day, Mr. Cholesterol man. Anyway. Um, so they're, you know, they're, they're perfectly, perfectly fine. My sister uh, actually resides in Michigan, but also she is in Florida for most of the winter. So she's, mm. she's close by. She, she's a five hour drive to get to them, which she did do uh, when my mom came ill with pneumonia. Uh, she went and mm. spent, time so and then of course my stepsisters are right you know close by as well so everybody's uh, everybody's good and you know even before yeah before Ed and I left we did my parents and I did go and look at some long-term care facilities not that they need it yet they're they're a long way from that but you know together as a family we we worked it out yeah was there any chance that they could move and live with you guys now, with medical care that they would require, it, it's too difficult. Canadian medical, I'm sure as you're aware, everybody in the world thinks, oh, yeah, all those great Canadians, they get free health care. Well, <laughs> it's not really free. I mean, we pay an exorbitant amount of taxes to get that health care. So it's just a little differently structured than the U.S. So they, um, you know, with, with the different ailments they have, they are better off uh, staying where they're at. Because getting insurance to come here, if something did go wrong, could be a, a bit pricey for sure. Hmm. See, because most of the places, people, uh, expats, one of the big reasons they're moving is for the health care. The quality of health care, so they say, is just as good, maybe better in some cases in the United States, but it's a lot cheaper. So for can- Canadians, I guess that's a whole, whole different ballgame. You would say then that health care-wise, the system is still better in Canada than it is in Belize? No, I, I would say that the financial part of it is better for my parents in Canada. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at Ed and I here in Belize, we don't have any health care insurance. But indeed, going to a doctor, and we have wonderful doctors here, local and ones that you can pay for, it really does not cost that much. However, I mean, we're not used to paying for that because we're Canadian. Um, But I have a lot of U.S. friends here who, they, you know, yes, prescription drugs are cheaper here than in Canada and in the U.S. Now, the only thing is, is if you need an X-ray, like I needed a uh, an X-ray or CAT scan done, and I had to drive to Belize City, which was three and a half hour drive. But the care that I got there was perfect. And I mean, the the guy comes out the the ENT with the X-ray sits there, he looks. CAT scan, he looks at it with me, he sends me home with the. It's just wonderful. So. As long as we're not, you know, I wouldn't want to be here with any extreme ailments. And you do find that some of the older expats here that are aging to the point where they really need a constant medical care, they're moving back to the States. Hmm. Explain to me a little bit more about why they just don't have the ability to take care of people in those situations or more expensive or? Yeah, I think the expense of it would be um, huge. And I mean, when you think about where most of us, us expats live, the majority, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of us down here in the Placencia area, then there's a lot out in Ambergris Key or San Pedro. Those are the areas kind of that are remote, that are more touristy. We don't want to live in Belize City. I mean, you don't want a vacation in Belize City. You want to <laughs> exactly. go there to shop mm-hmm. and you want, you know, to, to get health care, but you certainly don't want to live there. But that's where it would be easier if you were... You know, if you really needed you medical attention. City. Yeah. Well, Belize yeah. City, it doesn't have a good reputation. Is that so? That's why you think people, these people are not going to move there. 
Well, and no, then it's gosh, not the no. same either as being on an island. But what is the issue with Belize City? Just really dangerous or something? Or there's just there's gangs, um, just like anywhere. You know, you go to sure. Detroit, there's gangs. You you know, you go mm-hmm. to Chicago, you go to Toronto in Ontario, there's gangs. There's certain areas of Belize City that you you're supposed to avoid, which mm-hmm. you know, and especially at night. But to go there and shop, I mean, oh my gosh, Doug, we went up to explore what shopping would be like. And we get to this place called Marab's. Now, you got a picture. I had been gone for over a year, hadn't been in a shopping mall. There is no shopping malls. Um, even the grocery stores, I mean, you go in there barefoot, and some of them don't even have lighting, but they're still wonderful. But when you get into a store that had an escalator, I thought I'd almost died and got to heaven. And luckily, <laughs> one of the workers did like a dance on the escalator, and I got it videoed. So, But, yeah, it was amazing. So going up there for shopping – that's about it. I mean, we shopping spent the night healthcare. there. Yeah. Yeah. Shopping and, and, and healthcare is the only real reason to visit up in Belize City. And the expenses, other than the exchange rate for you guys, is it's much cheaper over there than it would be to buy something, I guess, in Canada or other places, if, if the dollar was even. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I we try and speak now, Ed and I, only in Belizean dollars. So we pretend there's... There's no U.S. dollar. There's no Canadian dollar. It's just Belize dollars now to us. So when you think about a 75-foot seafront lot, which is what we have right on the Caribbean Sea, you know, we paid uh, a little over 200000 U.S. for that. But our wow. taxes are $25 Belize a year, mm. our land taxes. So that's like $12.50 U.S., yeah. This gets confusing for people, I think. What do you owe the Canadian government taxes-wise for what you're going to make, if anything, when you start renting this place? Oh, they everything want to cut? I – no, they won't. I mean they're, they want to cut of anything I do, any business I, I do in Canada, mm-hmm. um, which I still do, and I still do my taxes there appropriately. No, here with the limited company here – we will simply have to pay. There's different taxes. I mean, for example, we're in the hotel business, so our clients have to pay whatever, $200 a night to plus 9% hotel tax. And then we submit that to here in, the, in Belize, the government um, uh, BTB, the tourism board, we submit that directly to them. Then there is any income that we make, we have to pay a certain uh, percentage of taxes, income taxes. So we had to get a TIN number, which is a tax identification number, and we will have to do reporting uh, monthly like that, just like you would do in your own sure. home country. However, we're going to be paying taxes here. Now, for what we're going to pay for taxes, that is <laughs> at the moment unclear because every industry has a different tax rate. So if you're in construction, you have to pay you know, this much tax. If you're in the hotel you pay this much. If you're a real estate office, you pay 15% tax, et cetera. So it's a, it's a real tiered division right now. There's no one base set for income tax. It depends on the industry you're in right now. Mm-hmm. Your revenue from your cabanas is going to be one-to-one because you're not, you're not Canadian. It's, not, it's just Belize dollars, as you call it, and you're going to have yeah. a lot less taxes. That's going to be a, a good thing. Uh, yeah. For you over there, that's awesome. That's good. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you got you got everything going on for you in, in Belize. It sounds like 
What well, you, I mean, you... I wish I could say we do, Douglas. There's many times where <laughs> I'm I'm running for the vodka and cranberries, so um, I make it all sound all sweet. But no, there's a lot mm-hmm. to go through to get this far. Yeah. All right. So you're renting a place now. I take it. Yep. Yep. We're okay. renting a little cabana right on the sea, and uh, it's a four minute drive for Ed to get down to our um, business location where they're where they're building when the crew is there. So. Just got us our very first stoplight. Oh, your very first stoplight. Look at you. Getting yeah. Too big over there. Yeah, but it's at the airport because you have to stop gotcha. to let the planes go by. So, mm. yeah. Hmm. They're the little puddle jumpers you have to take from Belize City, you mean? Yeah, Is to get down to Placencia. Yeah, I mean, you can drive it, and it's a pretty <laughs> drive, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, traffic jams here are, you know, when, you, when you're used to commuting an hour and a half to get to work, and then you move here and... Really, I just want a golf cart. That's my next investment. That's what they I say. Want a golf cart. Yeah, popular yeah. there, golf carts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of other expats that you mingle with there, and are they mostly renting there? And do they go home a lot? Or do they stay in there? Or do they become residents. You think? Gosh, I have such a mixture here. Now I'm pretty busy, so I haven't really made a, a shit ton of friends yet. But the ones that we have made are are truly wonderful. But I mean, there's some of them that are here just on the tourist visa and they're just renting and they've been doing that for some, you know, one to seven years. Some of them, I have others that uh, other friends who bought, who, who did purchase a little home and have retired here and love it. I've got other friends that are running businesses just like us. And then I've got a few friends that have lived here for 15, 20 years and you know, they're just really retired. So it's really, (laughs) there's such a, even our little next-door neighbors, I shouldn't say little, our next-door neighbors, they've been here nine years, and they're a very young couple with two little children. So it's very diverse. You know, you're not going to see a bunch of 80-year-olds with their walkers. Uh, you're going to see quite a variety and, and diversity of, of ethnic backgrounds and uh, nationalities and, and ages. And everybody just mingles together pretty well. Even with the locals, it's, uh, it's not this group, that group. It's kind of, hey, we're all here together. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't, I wish I could say it was that, that easy, but realistically, it's not. I mean, if we don't pick up hitchhikers along the road, then we, we sometimes get the finger and yell that. But <laughs> there are, you know, it just happens. I mean, even down in our area where we're at, which is Maya Beach, where we're building, uh, the community there, the expat community is building a crime watch, a neighborhood crime watch, because there are, you know, break-ins and you know, little things that happen. So you just, you really just got to be smart. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming that we lived in the country. I mean, we lived in a maple syrup forest on an acre of land with like nobody around. We could leave the windows open and never worry. But here you just, you just got to use your common sense. That sounds true of most places. That when I yeah. talk to people about this, they it's just the basics of, just like you're a tourist, basically you got to just remain one as far as don't be so obvious with your wallets and purses and phones and all that kind of thing. And yeah. you'll be all right. Yeah. 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 Even our guests when, you know, I'll have what I call a, uh, we haven't named it yet, a gem Bible or something that I send people uh, before they come and, and have a week vacay with us. I mean, one of the big things is they just leave your jewelry at home. It, it's so not necessary. This is not your all inclusive type resort where the ladies get all dressed up at night. You basically wear some shorts and throw your flip flops on and you can go to any restaurant. How are the restaurants there? Restaurants, food, wine, et cetera. Oh, 
Well, I would love to say they were horrible, um, but I've gained about <laughs> 10 or 15 pounds since we moved here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so working on getting that off. Anyway, there, the, the local Belizean food is, is so wonderful, the spices they use. Then there's so many other restaurants that are actually run by expats. And I swear to God, they, they infuse garlic right out onto the main road just to suck you in because uh, mm. it smells so, so good. So, yeah, they, they, you, you can't go too far without finding really great food. Um, now, yeah, pizza, they say it's very reasonable, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very reasonably priced. Um, mm. Lots of fresh seafood. Well, lobster uh, season is, is not open until later in June. Yeah. Pizza has been hit and miss. You know, you find a great place for pizza, and then they lose their chef to some other guy, or he moves to another city, and you can't get that pizza. So we're still on the hunt. Now, rum punch, that's easy. You can <laughs> we, we tested that out. We went to every single bar uh, one year for a girlfriend's birthday, and we found the best rum punch, we think. Excellent. <laughs> you think? Until that, until that bartender leaves and goes to another That's place. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's how it works here, too. Not, not, nothing mm. different. That's 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 a worldwide issue. People poaching, as they call it, restaurant tears from restaurant cooks and bartenders and all that from each other. But I've heard really good things about the food over there, and that you can get lobster pretty much delivered straight from the water to your house, where they'll cook it for you if you want. Yeah, I mean, we get um, we get deliveries every week. We've got a guy that comes. Uh, what do I call him? Mike, the the chicken guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we have, you know, Ramona, the veggie lady. Uh, the truck just stops right out front. You walk over, you pick out all your fresh fruits and vegetables. Then there's a little young fellow with fish. He'll just show up and knock on your door. You got fresh fish. And then a juice guy. I got pineapple juice last week. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Edward, the juice guy. So really, once you get to know what you need and want, it, you're right. It comes right to your door. Are there things there besides pizza that are really hard to get? Yes. All beef hot dogs. Really? Yeah, yeah. They, uh, the guy, the the grocery store, he brought them in. Well, you should have seen the the frenzy on Facebook. You know, <laughs> top values got hot dogs. All beef hot dogs. Well, I think Ed must have bought five packages and didn't tell anybody, mm-hmm. and they're hidden in the freezer. <laughs> and uh, then we talked to him, like, when are you gonna bring those in again? He's not allowed to bring them in, uh, but once every six months. Could so all I know is hot dog stand. Yeah. Somebody needs to start an all-beef yeah, hot dog nice. stand sure. um, mm-hmm. and just get all of us expats fatter, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. And hamburgers, you know, cheeseburgers, hot dogs, piece of cake. Yeah. 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 All right. I like that. I, I, are there other opportunities over there? Do you all worry sometimes that maybe the, uh, it'll get too built up over there, too many people will move? Any concerns well, about that? Well, I, I don't personally because I, I love to see the, you know, the progression and, and the growth. Mm-hmm. And it only will do good things for the local Belizeans who really do need the work. I mean, our construction crew right now that we have, there's six guys. And I'm telling you, Doug, they work from 6 a.m. until 6 p.m. nonstop. And, I mean, these guys work and work, and they don't get paid enough. I mean, we're paying them as much as we can, but you can't go paying them more because then the guy down the road is like, what are you doing? But yeah, they need they need the work. So as, as the area develops and more hotels and restaurants and such come in, I think it can only be good for uh, for the local community. Sure. Because there's a lot of people that need help here. I mean, if I could, I would help them all, but I, you can't. Not possible. You're doing your part. You're making a contribution, no doubt. That's good. Yep. 
All right. Well, what is the Wi-Fi like over there? I know that's important to you and most people that uh, go there. Some of the places I, I read about have issues with that. How about you guys? Well, we've been really fortunate. I mean, the fact that I worked in that little town called Omimi where we had, you know, the the high-speed Internet was available 30 minutes down the road for everybody else in the world. But, of course, we had to have a 70-foot tower that shot over to, you know, Alaska or something. So I had such poor Internet there. And I thought, oh, gosh, I hope it's going to be better here. I hope it's going to be better. And we get here and get all hooked up and got my IP phone and my Vonage. And, well, it, I'm finding it better here than it was there. Really? Um, and I mean, yeah. And I mean, I have to upload the odd time, not often, but I have to upload, you know, pretty large file sizes and that works fine. Now we get the odd power outage here. That is really, sometimes they'll warn you and say, oh yeah, scheduled power outage. Sometimes they don't. So it just kind of, everything turns off and you have no idea if you're ever going to, you know, have light again or internet, but no, it's, it's been, I have been pleasantly surprised now you talk to a millennium or one of my kids and they're like, yeah, no, we're not, we're not even considering moving there until you get that fiber optics working 10 times the speed it is. So, <laughs> and I'm like, just freaking relax, go for a swim. Yeah, no, Calm really. Down. I'm, That's I, what you're supposed I, to yeah, do. we're very yeah. happy. I mean, we're watching Netflix. There you go. I couldn't even watch Netflix in Canada where we lived. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So it's good. What about bugs? I had somebody visit there said sometimes they have some no seeing problems. You see a lot of that? No definitely we have yeah, we definitely have that. Um Ed and I got hit pretty bad the first uh three to six months. Um now we live on the sea and the cabana deck here is wood, which means the no seams, the the sandflies, they can get right up through the deck and, and just eat you. Now we were I packed up I met an Avon lady in Canada before we moved and I said, Give me twelve of the largest skin so soft buckets you got. And uh, for me, that has worked perfectly. If I smother my legs with that and my arms in the morning, as long as it's smothered on and those suckers can't attach to you, they can't bite you. Uh, Now it didn't work as great for Ed because he has hairy legs. So he just used coconut oil. So there would be footprints of coconut oil all over the deck, but who the hell cares? He wasn't eaten alive. So, um, but yeah, it's a big problem for tourists because they're not, prepared right uh, properly for the noceums that they can wreak havoc i mean you can get infected if you don't be careful so um now mosquitoes and stuff we don't get as much of that here uh, because we're more on the water i mean in the uh, peninsula here in placentia we've got the sea on one side and the lagoon on the other side with the maya mountains behind that so it's it's just one big long strip of water with our, our land in between so that's interesting about the bugs. I guess it may be people that are listening to this will know when they go over there, not forget to leave something out to take care of that. Because it is, once you have a solution for it, it's not as big a deal because it's common in places like Louisiana and other places in the United States too, But and some of the beaches. But if it's windy or you got the right stuff on, it's a non-issue. Some of the but, resorts, you know, they do spray. So it depends on, and, and we will be very diligent with making sure that our guests at Gem Cabanas don't get you know, eaten alive by doing what we can do as owners. But a lot of the other owners don't do that. And then, of course, if you just go into the village to a restaurant that's out on the road, you might get eaten. So, yeah, just being careful and 
And uh, But after living here for three months, you become immune to it. After six months, for sure. I mean, I can feel them bite me. I look down and I say, oh, you little bugger. And I just press him. And uh, he's gone. He doesn't bite. I don't get any marks anymore. That's good. Yeah. What other advice are you going to tell people that are coming to the cabana? What do they need to bring? A really, really, really big happy smile. That's about it. <laughs> That's about it? Yeah. That, what about really, and it, Patience. Things move um, slow there, like restaurants. Like in, you know, you go to Italy and you're two hour lunch. You know, is it slow like that on purpose? Nah. No, it's no? not. No, no, it's really not. I mean, some of the restaurants you're you're in and out. No, and our cabanas are going to be fully equipped with a kitchen um, because I deal a lot with uh, the local owner of Remax here. Um, we just we've become such great friends, and uh, he's been such a big help in this move. He's going to be having a lot of his Remax clients stay at Gem Cabanas. So if you're, you know, if you're thinking of moving here full time, you want to stay in a place that has kitchen facilities and a barbecue because you want to go and buy food at the grocery store and know what it's like uh, to live here. That's what we did before moving here, and that's why we rented a cabana with all of all of that uh, available. And uh, it was wonderful. What a different experience than an all-inclusive. No, it totally makes sense if you're thinking about living there. The all the advice is to rent somewhere first and make sure it's something you want, and make sure you like it. And if you rent <laughs> all inclusive, that's not real world. <laughs> no. No, definitely not. not. Cook. Yeah. It's not, it's, yeah. No. yeah. Yeah. So that's good. But cooking uh, here is fun. It it so even if you're just coming for a vacation, I still feel now, I understand better now the relaxation mode. I realize going out, you can still go out to eat, but get some groceries to have your own breakfast and your own lunch. You'll find that you'll be sitting on your, your front patio looking at the sea at 10 o'clock in the morning, and you'll, you'll say, wow, okay, I guess it's time to have a gin. Uh, but yet it's only 10 o'clock in the morning because time goes so slow, <laughs> wonderfully slow, when you're not trying to rush to, to get to a restaurant. So. Right. Do you and your husband snorkel any? Well, we bought brand new gear before we left Canada, and it's still sitting over there in the bag. So uh, we did, I got out on one adventure once on a catamaran out to um, Moho Cay. Oh, my gosh, it was beautiful. And so I did get to do some snorkeling there. Uh, I didn't take my gear. I used their gear. And we right out front of Gem Cabanas, I guess there's a – and we've not done it yet, but there's a little coral reef that we could – you know, we could swim out to ourselves and, and do some. And then there's all these diving adventures. The one great thing about us opening a resort is now that um, uh, pe- the other uh, catamaran and tours, they they actually will take Ed and I out complimentary uh, mm. on all of the different tours. And I just don't want to take them up on that yet until I'm closer to opening at our cabanas because I don't want to, I want to know what that experience is to put in our, you know, our gem Bible for people coming and recommend certain places. So lots of that to come when things slowed down a little bit for us. What would be the ideal vacation if somebody came there for a week? What would be some of the mandatory things you'd tell them to do? Mandatory would definitely get on a, on a tour and get out to one of the keys to do some snorkeling or diving if that's your preference. That is just the most phenomenal experience and i mean there are other things to do if you like the jungle you can go up into the jungle for some of their adventures up there zip lining etc if you 
you know, if you're a foodie or a chocolate person, you go on the chocolate tour. The chocolate here is just out of this world. I mean, we drive two hours to this one little place in the jungle just because they have this really cool chocolate ganache. And, and so there's, those would probably be the three things that I would recommend. Now talk to many other people and there's all kinds of other exciting things to do. Sure. Do they have foodie tours there? Like just food no, that does no. chocolate? Like you go try the different foods? No, I mean, basically in Placencia, you can walk to every restaurant and do that your darn self. Um, <laughs> but that's a really good idea. For that's the best kind, the walking, walking foodie tour. I actually picked that up in Canada in Vancouver. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. 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 yeah I don't think you yeah. would really need a tour guide to do that because mm-hmm. you'll find it uh, on sure. your own. But, I mean, we will, of course, be putting in our um, documentation who we recommend the most. Right. for certain restaurants and uh, for certain different types of food. I mean, there's a Mexican place here now and a really great Italian. Would we love a keg? Bring it. <laughs> Is it easy for people from Canada and the United States, if they visit, to find other people, expats there to talk to? Or is oh, everybody yeah. kind of congregate in the same place? No, I mean, there's, uh, there's certain areas, uh, certain bars that you're going to go to that I mean, the Tipsy Tuna and the Barefoot, those are just where everybody goes. Tourists, expats, everybody, because it's right on the sea. And and be careful, vacationers, because they mix those darn drinks where you can you barely know there's any pop in there. It's, it's all alcohol. But, yeah, there are certain things. I mean, there's a new little pub that opened up down the road from us that's on the lagoon side where only a few of the expats go. So, yeah, you you do get to know people quickly and know where to go. Plus, we have local Placencia expat Facebook group, so we kind of know what's going on where. Then there's a Placencia What's Happening Facebook group. So you really do get to know your community fast. Sounds like it. That's one of the things I do read about that a lot of the expats end up making a lot of friends with other expats, and it's a pretty big deal, and they build a community pretty fast. In certain yeah. places, anyway. Where, where are most of the people from that have moved there? Uh, they're they're all over. I mean, we met some people from the UK that live here. I think the US and Canada is probably uh, the majority. Mm-hmm. Uh, of in this little area, I can't speak for San Pedro and, and you know up in the Ambergris Key area, but yeah, I would say the US and Canada are are the majority of the expats with a, with some Britain, you know, with some UK in there too. That sounds pretty common, yeah, for some, some of the other places, too. That's exciting. It's an exciting lifestyle you got there. Just up and move. Leave Canada. Go yeah, yeah, just, you know, I'm sorry, Mom, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She'll still get to see you. You can still visit, right? How long does it take you to get back home? Uh, well, during, uh, during high season, WestJet and Air Canada have direct flights from here right to Toronto, which is uh, or other places in Canada, which is awesome. But in off season, they don't, which means I have mm-hmm. to, you know, take a Belize city over to Miami and then a, whatever layover in Miami over to Toronto. So um, direct flight is about four, four and a half hours. Um, now if I have to do a layover, it's a little longer. So mm-hmm. I do plan on going back to Canada in June for a week because my youngest daughter is graduating her accounting degree. So um, that will, yeah. So that'll be the first trip that I've gone back. Ed will have to stay here, unfortunately, to to deal with the uh, construction and the crew. 
but I'll, I'll go for a week and I'll, it'll sure be fun to go in the summertime. <laughs> the only clothes I left at, at home back in Canada in my mom's, I, you know, I left all my winter stuff, my, right. my big winter coat and some boots just in case. So yeah. I guess I'm going to have to pack clothes. You anyway. won't need that over there. No. But that's a whole nother subject. The minimalism movement. Are you, did you just get rid of stuff over there? Did you leave it and uh, plan on keeping it for a while or? Did you minimize it all when you moved to Belize? Uh, I think everybody should watch that Netflix um, show called The The Minimalist. As much as it was a bit of a boring documentary, it's Mm -hmm. so, so true. Now, we weren't big on having, you know, a lot of knickknacks anyway. But really, when you've lived in a house for 25 years and two kids, uh, you gather a lot of, a lot, a lot of stuff. So... No, we went through with the kids first and, and a book, and we went around the house, and whatever you want, you better put a label on it and be able to get it out <laughs> of this damn house. So they took a lot of the really good stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. Then all the stuff that was left, I just used Facebook groups and sold it all at a very reasonable price because uh, it's just stuff. And the rest I gave away to charity. And, yeah, basically choosing only those real special things that you want to bring. When you think about a 16-foot trailer – which is all we had. So that's all that could fit in there. And, and I would have to say more than half of that is, is Ed's tools because he's a big part of this build here. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I'd have no dishes of my own yet, but I, you know, I brought pots and pans up and silverware. That was really, really good because that stuff is sucky sure. here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it's just not good here. You know, a couple coffee mm. pots and, but no, I'm looking mm. forward to shopping when I have my own place. I was thinking, what are you looking forward to the most for is something to eat maybe or, or bringing something back when you visit in June when you go back to Canada? Uh, well, I definitely want a really big, yummy steak, a real steak, because, I mean, steak here is hard. I mean, Ed's got it down. We get this – there's this one brand of, of beef that we buy, and he barbecues it, and it's good. It's good. Like, it's really good. I'm not going to complain. But, yeah, I'm going to complain. I'm, I'm heading right to the keg. <laughs> Uh, give me a big ass steak. Yeah, that I think that's and and my mom's cooking. So you know, a roast beef dinner from her. Mm-hmm. A good roast beef. So beef, I guess beef. Beef. Yeah, I but I can't bring any back. Um, my girlfriend, mm. she did sneak some all beef hot dogs back from the states once, but you know, I I can't put myself through that type of stress. Uh, I don't belong that's in fun. jail. So. About the hot dog, somebody really should think about it. Uh, be, thinking a hot dog stand, you would think that'd be common over there. Like in Hawaii, there's a thing called a puka dog, which is neat. It's a um, take a hot dog bun, but it doesn't open on one end, and you shove a bunch of stuff in there, and then shove the dog in there. And they're really interesting and unique. You would think uh, seems like an island type thing, even though I know believe it it's does. a good island, but you know that kind of vibe. So well, they hmm. have chicken dogs here. Like everything is chicken, okay. chicken, chicken. Um, and I have a feeling, yeah, I think it's because the Belizean government, there's got something to do with, with not importing too much different food here when, because chicken is here and chicken hot dogs are here. It's kind of like the Coke and the Pepsi. You darn think we can find Pepsi? No, because Coke owns Belize. Now, just recently, we were able to get some Pepsi. So it, it's changing. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Lots going to change while you're over there, I'm sure. That's one of I think the neat so. things about yeah. it, too. It's uh, plenty of opportunities, it sounds like, and lots of other things that can change, hopefully all good things that improve the situation. 
So yeah. it's good stuff. If we don't try and change their rules, that's the mm-hmm. most important. You come over sure. here and you don't go messing with the government rules and you just follow their rules and be nice and pay your taxes. I mean, it's, it's not a big deal here. Just do it. Just be good to the country and the country will be good to you. I like that. Very nice. Well, thanks so much for all the information about Belize. It's been great, very informative, and hopefully it can awesome. help other people. And hope your business takes off when you get it finished and get your residency and all that worked out soon. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, people can follow our build and uh, everything right on. Just go to Facebook and search out Gem Cabanas, J-J-E-M Cabanas. And, oh, you can uh, watch so the – okay, that'll be yeah, fine. Well, yeah. Yep, just watch the build because uh, everybody back uh, you know, that I deal with wants to see the progression of the build. So you know, we, we have day one when we bought the property, when it was all bush to up until now to where it sits. So you can follow all of the, the cool, cool things. Yeah. How many of them are you going to have available? Uh, well, we're going to have to live in one <laughs> first mm-hmm. <Okay>. <laughs> for a <laughs> while. So we're going to have uh, – eventually we will have all three of them. Uh, but mm-hmm. right now it'll there'll be two rentals available, and we hope the goal is January 2020 to have okay. those ready. Uh, but you know what? Things could change. Who knows? Could sure. be before. Could be later. Um, but I just tell people get on my waiting list because I've already got about 40 <laughs> bookings, and we don't even have the doors on yet. So it's awesome. Uh-uh. I'm 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 thankful and grateful. Yeah. Sounds like a good business already. So what are the? Is it a week rental? Week? You know, a couple days, year? How do you, how are you doing that? Yeah, we don't want any more of these long-term, you know, sad face rentals. So, no, we're just vacation <laughs> rentals. So, okay. one week, two week. Uh, I'd prefer okay. no none of this, you know, just a day or two because it, mm-hmm. that's just a pain with housekeeping. Yeah. Right. So, it, yeah, it'll be a week or two. Most people come on vacation for one week or two weeks, and, you know, that'll be it. Perfect. All right, good deal. Well, I'll see you on Facebook. I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. You have yourself you a wonderful time. day. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.